Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining us today is Bhavna Ate, currently working as an Assistant Vice President for Experience Commerce. Thank you for joining, Bhavna. Uh, my pleasure, Archit. Thanks for having me. Likewise. So, just to give a little bit of context to our listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure. Um, my entry into the corporate world uh, was with TCS, Tata Consultancy Services, where I joined in as a management trainee. I spent close to 14 years with this wonderful organization. I worked across several functions in HR and I gained both breadth and depth of experience right from generalist roles to specialist ones. I also had an overseas stint in the UK and I geography where I was the HR business partner for sales and strategic groups. After TCS, I had a brief stint with an exchange, NSE, National Stock Exchange of India, post which now I head HR for Experience Commerce a new age digital agency, which is part of the Chale Group. I must say that is an amazing so plethora of experience because having TCS and the National Talk Exchange in your basket are like real big things. So as I was going through your LinkedIn, I just came to know that you have actually studied microbiology, you know, as your majors. So how did this shift happen from microbiology to now HR and that like you get to work with biggest of the companies? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I've been asked this question so many times. I always say, if only I could have a penny for every time I've, an- I've answered this question. But right, so microbiology as a subject was fascinating to me and I loved studying it. I mean, there is this whole world out there that is invisible to us and we can't even fathom the interplay that exists between these microorganisms and everything around us, including our own bodies. So I found that very interesting and so much so that I went ahead and I did a super specialization in molecular medical microbiology from a university outside of India. Um, I came back to India and I briefly worked as a senior research fellow. However, while the research bit was okay, there were there were two reasons that propelled me to look for a change. Uh, one is when you're in the research field, there is very little human interaction. And two, research is about trial and error, and there is a considerable wait period before you see any kind of results. So I wanted to work in a slightly more dynamic environment, which would have people interactions and in which you could see the results of your actions or the difference that you make more quicker. So when I explored what other options I could pursue, a lot of people suggested human resource management as a potential fit that I could find to be a good fit for me. And I was also told that the human resource field would find me to be a fit. Um, I guess that's how the journey began. Amazing. And as you've mentioned that, you know, human interaction is something that we all crave for and definitely considering how huge part it is of HR. Uh, I hope you've found your ground now and finally like Absolutely. In good space yeah. to enjoy your work every day. So as I mentioned that I was just trying to, you know, look into your LinkedIn. I also got to read about something that you have, you have written over camaraderie at your workplace. So would you like to share your thoughts over it? Because this is something which is like very top, like very in these days. Yeah. The title of my post reads, uh, camaraderie at the workplace, is it a necessity or just a good to have factor? And I strongly feel it is a necessity and the organization has a big role to play in enabling it. 
If you see the word camaraderie itself, it's often associated with groups such as people in the army or the sports. These are groups where they're all working on a common goal and you will find them to have this cohesiveness and this unity in the underlying friendship braces them to face any challenges and withstand pressures that otherwise, in the absence of which, will absolutely break people down. So why should it be any different at a workplace where people spend more time at work than anywhere else? So camaraderie at the workplace allows people to feel safe, feel belonged, feel cared for, and feel authentic. And I I believe these are very important parameters when we talk about stickiness of people to an organization. Now, do friendships develop on their own at the workplace? In my opinion, it has a direct relation to the kind of culture that exists in the organization. If organizations are hierarchical, authoritative, teams are highly supervised and micromanaged, then obviously there is little scope to exchange thoughts and to have real conversations. As against organizations which have an enabling culture, where open conversations are encouraged, feedback is transparent, wins and events are celebrated together, here people will naturally tend to stay their authentic self, stay engaged, and in effect, impact the business sustainability in the long run. Um, and just to give an example, you know, most of us can relate to this, uh, considering thanks to COVID, we've, bo- we've had the experience of both remote working and physically working through office. And especially people who join an organization rem- remotely will agree that it takes longer to develop bonds with coworkers and conversations are more transactional. But the moment the same person meets someone in person, it is so much easier to get work done. I mean, just imagine then what developing a little friendship will help with. Fantastically put through, I must say. So now that as we're speaking, you know, about the organization and people, we have spoken about like the good part of it, but another part or maybe at the another end of the spectrum, lately we've been seeing like this wave of massive layoffs. Almost all the organizations, including TCS, have come up with, you know, where people have been laid off from the job suddenly out of the blue. So what do you think? How How is it going to impact the organization and the employees at the same time? Like, what do you, how do we see it going ahead? Well, I mean, if I think about it, and if we go back, say, by 15 or 20 years, the massive cycles of change were very few, once in every, say, five or six years, and were predictable in a certain sense. But now things are not the same anymore. These cycles of changes are much more quicker now and rather unpredictable. And COVID has only accentuated it. And with the pace of digital advancements, disruption is now the new normal. Nobody is interested in maintaining status quo and everybody is looking out for the next big thing. So organizations, despite their size, are going to be impacted by the ongoing disruption. And that will, in effect, play a role in the kind of talent management strategies that the organization adopts. The disruption will require organizations to keep reinventing itself, to keep restructuring, and to keep staying optimized. So in my opinion, layoffs are going to be much more frequent and common. As to how the layoffs are going to affect the future of employees, I think firstly, it is important for the employees to not live in a fearful mindset, but at the same time, not stay complacent either. It is important to stay relevant by upskilling and building on some core competencies. And when I say core competencies, I don't necessarily mean just technical or functional, but also build on competencies such as leadership, building emotional quotient, empathy, etc. Because there is a dearth of these skills which cannot be picked from courses or books. And also it is important for employees to network more actively than what they did before. And as for organizations, I think layoffs have a big impact on 
the brand name and what the brand stands for. So it is important that when organizations make these decisions, they think through very well and execute it for the right reasons and do it very sensitively and be very transparent about it. Definitely. And I hope, I mean, as you said, that discrepancies are inevitable. We just can't like, jump over it. And everybody right now, like the feel that there's like a, you know, like a sword hanging over their heads that, okay, what if I am the next person who's being laid off from the organizations, both the employees who is being fired and the employees who make the cut through this particular process, both of them are kind of like in a in a zone where they feel that, okay, we are not the safest and hence we must work on ourselves, you know, yeah. don't be complacent as you very well mentioned. Yeah. So, um, as we're just moving ahead in this podcast and we have also entered a new year. So, what do you think are going to be some of the trends that are going to take over this HR industry in 2023? Um, definitely, number one will be digital. I mean, Digital and technology has seeped into every aspect of our lives. And I think it's very important for HR as a function to adopt the digital and technological advances, be it the AI or the metaverse or the cloud, into the employee experience cycle to make it a seamless and an engaging one. Uh, the second trend I'd say is bringing humanness into the employee experience. Now, while all the high-tech technology that we spoke about can be adopted to make life easy, it simply cannot replace human interactions. A chatbot is not going to understand the sentiments behind a question asked. A daily check-in on the mood of the day is not going to give a realistic insight into the mental well-being of a person. And so human-to-human conversations will always remain crucial. Number three is holistic well-being. Uh, focusing on only one aspect of well-being is not going to be enough anymore. So it's going to be imperative to focus and address all aspects of well-being, be it physical, mental, financial, social, or spiritual even. And last but not the least, uh, the fourth uh, trend, according to me, is developing leadership skills for the future. So we spoke about disruption. Now, if technical and the domain skills need an upskill, leadership skills also definitely need to upskill. The business landscape continues to change. The very human nature that was taken for granted earlier cannot be taken for granted now with the current generation. So a whole new set of skills are going to be needed to be developed. And so I believe uh, developing futuristic leadership skills is on the cards. Very accurately covered. And yes, you mentioned it, right, that a chatbot can't replace a human being at the end of the day. We get to hear this news, okay, this chat GPT has come up with this or like some new thing has come up and would people be required anymore in the organization? Do we need HRs for this process or anything? But you just can't bring that humanness into the process. And without that, you can't even work at the same time. It's like cash money too. So Absolutely. I hope all of us find like a place where we can coexist. We can make it work at the end of the day. The technology is something which like we have brought into existence and I hope it works yeah. for our better rather than it taking over us. Absolutely. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you for joining. Bhavna. It was indeed great talking to you and I hope we get to cross our paths again very soon. Thank you, Archit. Likewise. Thanks a lot. Thank you.